Hi, this is Nick Popovich from Monami Park, and you're listening to the Party Chat Podcast. Xbox on. Game on, baby! Wow! And welcome to the Party Chat Podcast, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. I am your host for this week, Ross Miller, and I'm joined by Cat 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 Rena. You did that last week. I'm sticking with it. Really? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I don't like it. Oh. Oh well. And <laughs> everyone's favourite ward and savoury snack. Reese. Hell, 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 hell oh. <laughs> like, I'm sticking with until Jesse makes his triumphant return to this podcast, you are being introduced as everyone's favourite. Okay, well, there have to be something. I, I, I it's better than being everyone's least favourite, I should say. Yeah. That's true. You're only one of its types, so yeah. what can you say? Now in a week with a subreddit hit a milestone. We traditionally start the podcast with what we have been playing. So, guys, what have you been playing this week? Let's start with you, Karina. Uh, Fortnite, again, as I have done for the past, like, three weeks. <laughs> and also, I gave Slime Rancher a go and spent endless hours getting lost aimlessly around the island. I am so glad with the new upcoming update. Uh, you'll find out later on about that. But, yeah, no, it's really, really enjoyable game. And honestly, I been having like a busy week and it was nice to just relax and play Slime Rancher. Very, very ther- therapeutic a little bit. It was really good. It's, it's impossible to be angry at their stupid little faces. Unless they jump out. I, I get really frustrated when they jump out the pens, but then I finally bought the high walls. So I managed to <laughs> get them in now, but at first it was really frustrating. <laughs> What's your favourite slime? Oh, the tabby cats. Yeah, mine too. Really like I mean, is that not the ones that were annoying you last week? Uh, the floss, floss. I don't know if that's pronounced it. Flossophus ones. They're like blue and they have wings, so they they can like fly out the boxes. Are you complaining about the cats eating your chickens on Twitter? If I remember correctly. Oh yeah, because the cats somehow jumped. What? Why did they jump out? Oh yeah, because I just had really low walls at first, and I think the cats escaped. But obviously, they eat meat, and so they ate all my chickens. And I was trying to like hatch more chickens, but they all went. I just came back and there was like nothing. Like, oh. No chickens. But I have heard that if you if you throw a chickadoo, like a baby chicken, in the incinerator, you get an achievement. You monster. I know. I'm yet to do it, though. I don't know if I can bring myself to do that. <laughs> I know what I'm doing as soon as I finish this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as Karina alluded to there, waited on the podcast, we do have an interview uh, with Nick Popovich, who is the game designer and co-founder of Manome. Park, the developers of Slime Rancher, so you get that to look forward to later. But Reese, what have you been playing? This week, I have been playing Slime Rancher also. I mentioned it in the interview, but I'll say it here as well. It was so satisfying to get it out of uh, early access, to boot up the game and suddenly be hit with uh, like 30 straight achievements back to back. It was it, it was like ambrosia, really. It was great. Uh, <laughs> and I finished... Torment Tides of Numenera. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know why I made that sound. I really don't care. But maybe, yeah. well, yeah. maybe 40 <laughs> hours or so. Uh, 40 hours? Done. Yeah. It was really and good. And what's your overall opinion? I, I loved it. So well written. Like, completely, completely unforgettable sort of story. It gets really sort of like cosmic horror. I mean, the the bad guys basically Cthulhu in a way, but it's just so cool. For anyone who's unfamiliar, I'll give you like a basic outline of the story because it's just the outline when the game begins. It's like what, and it just gets weirder and weirder and better and better. But the game is set one billion years in the future, and. Basically, in the next billion years, countless civilizations of humankind and whatever else have risen and fallen and risen and fallen. And this world is built on the ruins of a billion years worth of human progress and and collapse. So there's just stuff everywhere. It's like techno magic, I guess. In this world, there is this one person called the Changing God. 
And he is this legendary, immortal, sort of Machiavellian person who helps and helps and destroys sort of in equal measure and has been around for millions of years uh, throughout all the history books. And basically what he does is he uh, he lives in an immortal body. And then when he gets bored of that, or if it gets like really badly damaged, he transfers into a new body of his own design. And he's been doing that for a very, very long time. But each time he transfers, the last body develops its own conscious. Like suddenly it's like a new person born into the world. They just wake up like what? But they're still immortal. So the world is full of these cast-offs, which are his old shells, which have become their own people. And you you begin the game as his newest cast-off. It's a really good way to sort of have the player have no idea about the world uh, and everyone actually answer you without being like, what the hell is wrong with you? It's like, oh, you're a cast off. Okay, well, this is because of that. That's how the game begins. And it only gets weirder. At the beginning, I thought you were describing Destiny. No, That's how you can move forward as cast off stuff. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's, <laughs> it's really deep. It's based on the Monte Cook, like Numenera series yeah. of tabletop games. It's a bit like Dungeons and Dragons. It's just a really, 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 really well written game. Sounds fascinating. Yeah, if I'm honest with you. Yes, like, story license really good. Okay, <laughs> yeah, let, let me like, let, let me hit you with this. I played through the entire game and I did not kill anyone. I did not get into a single fight. I talked my way around everything. The game like reacts to your choices. Like choices have consequence. So it's. It's highly replayable. So if you guys are like looking for a, a really deep game and you don't mind reading, it's like basically like a, a novel with pictures, then, then this is a good game for you. And I also played Splatoon. They, <laughs> no surprises, they, they released yeah. a new no weapon, the, yeah. the umbrella. It's great. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> I can hear the mirth. Hey, I, I went in depth on a game that's Xbox. Okay. It's great. Yeah, that is very true. Congratulations. One week out of. 67. <laughs> uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, game talking about games coming out of early access, uh, like Slime Rancher this month, I've been playing another one. What's that? Has, and that is The Long Dark. Ooh. Probably one of the few oh, survival I'm, games I'm that actually came out of early together, access. Ross. I'm rubbing my hands together. <laughs> we've talked about this for years. Yes, we have. And so so I've, I've now so played give, through the story. Give me the final, give me the end to this this legacy. I need it. <laughs> well, there's still more episodes to come. It's not the full, complete version. It's only the first two parts of the story. But the overall, the game is, is great. I really, really like it. It is tough as nails. I mean, you're consistently being asked to make decisions which will decide if you survive or not. And for anyone that doesn't know, you crash in a plane in Canada, the deepest, most area of Canada where basically it's snow everywhere, you're freezing cold, you're injured, and you literally have nothing to help you survive. And it makes a very small tutorial of teaching you how to set a fire and repair clothes and get some food and make tea for some bizarre reason. But then it just casts you off into the world and says, survive. And you know what? It does it really, really well. Does it have a story? I think it does, yeah. Um, so there's like a an event, let's just say a, a weather event that causes the plane to crash and why everything is so cold and you are on a plane at the time and you're transporting someone who, for reasons which are not disclosed to a certain area, that there is no reason for them to be there, <laughs> basically. And you then go in the search for the person you've crashed with because you know that they're still alive, but you don't know where. So not only are you trying to keep yourself alive, but you're trying to find this person. I, d I don't want to spoil too much about it, but it's got two particular modes, that, or three modes, should I say, uh, challenges modes where it will just drop you somewhere and give you a specific challenge that you have to do. Survival mode where it is just literally survival, and then the story mode that you're, you're searching for this person. And all three modes are very, very good, very strong. And, and overall, I'm just, I'm really, really enjoying it. So, okay, before we, before we move on, I need to know a little bit more about this. So, uh, yeah. Cause you know, over the, over the months and months we talked about this, you've said you've gone from loving it to hating it, to loving it again, to hating it again. And, uh, what do you think about, as someone who's played from basically day one, the very first edition that they released versus the complete edition? Like, is it, 
what are the changes like? Is it night and day or, or what? In a game called The Long Dark, it's night and day. Ha, 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 in Finland, you'll know all about The Long Dark, to be honest with you. But It's a long, uh, it's a long day right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long day, yeah. I would like to say that they've listened to feedback, but some of my complaints about the initial game haven't been addressed. Um, I, I can find it a little bit grindy for getting certain items and, and literally you're... To light a fire takes an age. Like, honestly, like you could be standing there for a good couple of minutes just trying to light a fire. I get, you know, it's meant to be an anticipation with this fire light and you're trying to do things to get this fire to light. But once you've done it a few times, it's a bit like, oh, this is a little bit samey. It's a hard game. It's not an easy game for people just to pick up and get and play. You really have to learn the mechanics of it. You're going to feel a lot of this game, especially in the longer survival modes. But overall, it's the closest thing to a survival game, a complete survival game that I've ever seen. It's so much further on, as you suggested there, than what the initial was. And I couldn't really see where they were going with it. I couldn't see how they could integrate a story mode into this. And now, having played the first two episodes, can see exactly what they're trying to do, what they're trying to teach you to do, and the, the expansions that they can bring on to the story and the things that you're able to do in this sparse landscape are going to be great. I, I like it again. As you said, I've went through peaks and troughs of liking it or not, and I really, really am at the point in the moment where I really like it. Even my wife likes it as well, apart from the wolves. She doesn't like wolves? They can damage you a lot. Even a single wolf can damage you a lot. And if there's no fire to warn it off, this wolf is going to attack you because there's not a lot of meat in this area. So if you're in an area and you're you're bleeding and you're trying to get yourself to the next like, safe haven and there's a wolf there, you're on the brink of death at every single moment. And when you see or hear a wolf, you know that the end is coming. Uh-huh. Well, that's that sounds a bit like alien isolation in a way. Yeah, a, a bit. Yeah, when you hear the, the alien come through the vents, like it, it's got that sort of moment to it. It's very tense, like alien isolation, actually. You know, there is wolves and bears and things like that that, you know, when you hear and you know they're in the area, you you know that you're going to really struggle. So, yeah, it's really good. It is really, really good. And Hindland have done, have done well with it. Hmm. Good to hear. So, I suppose at this point we should find out what's been happening in the subreddit. Yeah. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. This week in the subreddit. Right, so this week in the subreddit, it hit a bit of a milestone, so I'm going to pass you to Reese to give the big announcement. What? What announcement? I don't know, some number. Yeah, but I don't know. No, but yeah, seriously, let's all clap. Yay! Yay! Oh, I don't hear clapping. Thank, yeah. thank you. There we go. That's that's more appropriate. So yeah, we hit 500,000, which is a really long way of saying half a million subscribers. Congratulations to... To nobody, I guess, because we don't win anything. But um, yeah, um, but there's half a million subscribers now, which is great. We are growing from strength to strength. It feels like just last week we were at four hundred thousand subscribers. Um, I know that I can tell you, in fact, that the the rate of subscriber growth is accelerating drastically as we approach the XB One X release. Uh, we've almost caught up to PS4. Actually, we're only seventy five k behind them. And considering the PlayStation Four is outselling the Xbox, like what four to one? That's that's pretty good. We are the largest Xbox One subreddit in the world, and we don't just have five hundred thousand subscribers. We also get about four, three between three and four million uh, unique visitors every month, and you guys absolutely destroy. Reddit's bandwidth with your average of about, say, 20 to 30 million hits on the page every every month. So there's a lot of clicks coming out that subreddit, guys. And uh, we, we love all of you, most of you, some of you, <laughs> w- w- one or two of you. <laughs> no, but you're I like to say that there's half a million reasons to visit the subreddit. Yeah. Um, also, I made a promise. Uh, someone, uh, Batmat93, asked if we hit a million subred- subscribers, would I film myself eating cheese and release it to the public? And I said, I swear it. That, that's a promise, guys. If we hit a million, I'm going to eat cheese. I'll eat any kind of cheese you want. Uh, I'll eat the cheese in any fashion you want. So uh, don't uh, get as carried away as you want. Karina, we are an old crystal. 
of some sort and I'll eat myself. Why not? Um, okay. <laughs> but no, a few different ways seven. I could interpret that. I choose to go with most wholesome. <laughs> Next up, story-wise after the big news, is that Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy supposedly is going to be released this December, according to a website, and that was user YP261. So guys, I want to ask you, Karina, you first, are you excited to see Crash Bandicoot on Xbox One? Uh, I'm a bit. Uh, I'm quite excited, because I probably, depending on uh, what else is released around the time, I might consider getting Crash Bandicoot. I did play it a little bit when I was younger. Uh, and I have been watching a lot of streams of people playing it. I really want to try that one level that's uh, on the bridge. I cannot remember the name. And there's dogs. And you can kind of cheat it by jumping on the uh, the rope on the side. Uh, yeah. But apparently it's really, really hard. And I, I just, the amount of like streamers I've watched just fail it over and over again. I kind of just want to try that level. <laughs> Never mind the, the rest of the game. I just want that one. <laughs> I'd say the hardest level in the game is the one where you go up the side of the castle. And all the stairs come Ooh, back and forth yeah. in the middle of a uh, a rainstorm. I can't remember what it's called, but that level is just brutal. I'm not sure if it's the one Karina's talking about. Is that the, the level that was hidden in one of the games, but they, they put it in like normal as DLC? I don't know. So there was a, there was a level that wasn't really released officially, and uh, they, they gave it as DLC in the PS4, and I think that's a really, really difficult one. But the, yeah, like Crash Bandicoot, yeah. A Naughty Dog game originally on Xbox One. Who would believe it? Uh, Who would actually believe it? I'd believe it. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> it's Activision, they like money. They, they love money. And <laughs> I think that the biggest real like proof of this is that Sony has not said that it's exclusive. And no. Sony would be shrieking that from the high heavens were it the case. I mean... Microsoft would be too. It's Crash. It's Crash Bandicoot. He's a he's a cultural icon, you know. Like, uh, and and you know, whenever there is an exclusive PlayStation game, Sony is is all over the marketing. You know, so is Microsoft. Um, and and no one has said that yet. So I think that is a pretty pretty damn good you know indicator that it's coming. But this is not the first time we've seen this rumor, and all of the different rumors that we've had uh, say the same date. Is it December eighth? Yeah. I think it's, yeah. It's the beginning of December anyway, or they've all been about that. Like, it, it's, you're right, it's too frequent now, and, and the fact that Sony haven't shouted that it's got to happen. And I think people will be really disappointed now if it doesn't. Oh, my, my girlfriend will have a fit. Ever since she's heard about it coming to PlayStation, she's been, like, pissed, basically, because she grew up with, with Crash Bandicoot. She loves Crash. And uh, that that's that would be a real blow on the nose for her, basically, if it didn't come out. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I loved Crash, especially. I got like I think it was 115 percent in Crash Three when I was in high school. If if you got 100 percent, you unlocked some secret levels, and that that, that you get like 115 percent or 110 or something like that. Uh, that was the first game that I ever got like full completion in. Yeah. What, what's your favourite Crash game, Ross? First one. First, one, first, first one? level of the first one. Uh, I think Crash 3 is the best, mechanically. A lot of people say Crash 2, but I disagree. Like, for me, then it's a nostalgia thing, like, ah. as they always say. And the first level of Crash was, it's so iconic. It is. And the music, you know. And... It's just, it changed sort of platformers at that time and it was a PS1 and and people just really took to it. In fact, they, they had it in Uncharted 4 quite recently. Yeah, well, I remember that. Not talking about Xbox after pulling people up. But yeah, they had that the, the, uh, a couple of times in, in, in Uncharted 4 and I think that, that sort of pushed some people's buttons as such. It is so iconic. It's also a lot of games. Three Crash games is probably, what, 40, 50 hours? The crash games are not short, and they are not no. easy. Yeah. So, you know, this is you're going to get bang for your buck as such. Absolutely. It's not, this it's not rare replay levels of bang for your buck, but it's, it's up there. <laughs> I mean, that's great. I, I, for one, am super looking forward to it, and I would also really like them to re-release 
uh, Crash Team Racing or just make a sequel, guys. That would be great, please. Well, I think this would be a good point to just slot in the interview. So Just ram it in there. Ram it right in there. Yeah. That sounded a lot better in my head. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's so take it away, Reese, with the interview. Let's do this. Xbox Snap, this week's interview. All right, everybody. Welcome back to this week's interview. We have a super cool guest tonight. We have Nick Popovich, the game designer and co-founder of Monomy Park, who just released Slime Rancher on Xbox One, and it is currently on the Games with Gold program. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. Fantastic to have you here. We are very excited to chit-chat about things that are round and bally and slimy, but before we <laughs> before we make it weird, why don't we start off, you know, nice and easy with you telling us just a little bit about, you know, who you are and, and what you do at the Monomy Park. Sure. Um, so I am the uh, co-founder and CEO of uh, Monomy Park. I guess that's the, the big title, but uh, really I'm game designer and uh, I directed uh, Slime Rancher. So I sort of oversaw development and designed the game and that sort of thing. Yeah, that, that's basically what I do. Uh, but since we're a really small company, uh, I end up handling you know, like social media and uh, a bunch of other things like legal stuff and all that, that has to come up when you're uh, managing a small company and you've got very few people. So it's fun stuff. Wearing a lot of hats. Fantastic. Now, can you tell us a little about the history of uh, Bonomi Park? How did you guys get started? Yeah, sure. So um, I used to work at a company called Three Rings, um, and they were acquired by Sega while I was uh, developing a game there called uh, Spiral Knights, which you could still play on Steam if you wanted to check that out. Uh, Three Rings made a a bunch of games, um, including Puzzle Pirates, and a friend of mine from Three Rings uh, who worked on Puzzle Pirates, Mike Thomas, the other co-founder of the company, joined me shortly after I left in... 2014 to uh, to start developing our own thing. So we Slime Rancher began with just the two of us. Over time, we've grown to uh, now we're seven uh, full-time people. Significant for us, but still a tiny, tiny team by industry standards. But you know, we um, we all, like I said before, wear a lot of hats, so we're able to get a lot done. Um, and so here we are. Uh, when we were developing Slime Ranger, the idea was that Mike and I would make something that would sort of support us. And we had some, looking back, fairly conservative uh, goals in mind for uh, sales and everything. And it quickly exploded. And even though we're kind of growing the company slowly, we're, we're kind of blown away by uh, the situation that we're in right now. Um, so it's been a wild ride ever since, uh, I guess we launched into early access in like 2016, early 2016. We haven't looked back since. That leads me right into the next question that I've got written here. And that's, you know, that, uh, Slime Rancher just came out of early access and it didn't just come out of early access, but it went straight into the games with gold program. So, you know, mm-hmm. basically you finish your game and went, Hey, everybody, you know, have it for free. <laughs> um, I just want to know, uh, how does it feel, you know, to finally get out of early access after this, you know, long road with such a small, you know, obviously tight knit company and then, and then just hand it out. Not for free, obviously, but, you know, basically give it to everyone who has an Xbox Live Gold subscription like that. That's pretty unique, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, it, it was a long road, but I guess we're all thankful that it wasn't a really long road. Um, certainly, you could get into a situation where you're just kind of developing it and tinkering with it for years and years. So um, it was it was pretty cathartic to finish up what we had set out to do and uh, put that uh, coveted 1.0 label on it. Um, it's worth mentioning that we're still continuing to develop Slime Rancher, though, and we're going to be releasing a bunch of free updates in the future. But uh, the decision to go games with gold, you know, we thought about it very seriously and uh, saw it as an opportunity for us to kind of push Slime Rancher more into the mainstream because despite um, the success that we've had with it, We've sort of flown under the radar. Um, it's one of those weird games where, at least prior to our 1.0 release, 
there wasn't a lot of um, chatter about it in the mainstream media, but it was all over YouTube. And I mean, all over YouTube for the better part of a year and a half or so, um, it just kind of stayed there. Um, we're very, very thankful that our community kind of stuck with us for, for this long. So I think we, we saw Games of Gold as a way that all of a sudden millions of people would be playing it, you know, within 48 hours. And uh, we figured, you know, word of mouth for the game is really strong in that it's only going to be uh, free to gold subscribers for the month. And then it goes back to, to doing its thing again. So that is a opportunity for us. And we've been happy with the results. I mean, it literally was millions of people within 48 hours. So you go from like working up those sales numbers and uh, leading to certain goals to just all of a sudden, here you go, here's a few million people to play your game and give you feedback and everything. And so <laughs> that that is kind of crazy. It's like a, a, an easy button in a lot of ways for uh, having people talk about your game. I mean, seeing with all these millions of players that, like you say, in the past 48 hours have uh, started playing your game, how would you describe it for those that are a bit unfamiliar? Because surely you've got loads of new players now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, fortunately, we haven't seen like a massive uptick or anything in support requests and stuff like that, um, because we've had the opportunity to uh, develop the game over a couple of years. You know, we've smoothed out a lot of uh, any sort of rough edges that could have been there. I, I would Google Slime Rancher every day and see what the activity was in the last 24 hours. And usually I'd find some stuff that was worth sharing or looking into. Uh, but now, you know, you do that and you're kind of overwhelmed with a number of results. Uh, you're like, I don't even know these were forums that existed that are now talking about the game and stuff like that. But um, I hope you're not talking we, about our forum. <laughs> <laughs> our, our Reddit kind of exploded. But uh, no, it's, it's been great seeing people on the on the Xbox Reddit as well um, talking about the game. Mostly the reaction, which we're really happy with, is like, what is this game? And then like, I can't stop playing this game. So uh, I think, you know, it, it's, it's definitely true. We were kind of uh, flying under the radar and now everyone's like, where, where has this been my whole life? So we're, we're super thrilled with that. Um, that overall, the response has been great. I think when Games with Gold originally was announced, the focus was on Bayonetta for this month. And uh, we're happy to see that uh, we still made a considerable impact no, it's great. Just for the people who maybe are on the fence about downloading the game, can you just quickly describe the game itself? Yeah, it's interesting. We've, uh, you know, some people have told us it's like its own genre, but it is a first-person slime ranching exploration kind of farming sim game. But if it could be as action-packed or like quiet and zen-like as you prefer. So the game um, really can be what you want it to be. And I think one of the surprises that we found in development was we didn't necessarily set out to make this, um, you know, what are, what are often called like Zen games, these games that you can kind of just get in a zone and there's not a lot of friction that's going to pull you out of the experience or make you fail or something like that. Um, I don't think we really set out to make that, but a lot of our players cite that as like the number one reason they enjoy playing the game, that it's their after a bad day kind of uh, game experience where they get to mingle with thousands of happy cooing slimes as they slowly amass a profit uh, and uh, explore a, a big alien world. I'll just quickly tell you, I'm actually one of those people. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's nothing better than like having this huge... A uh, little pen full of like slime balls, and then like jumping in like a giant ball pit. It's uh, there's it's an great. achievement for that, I believe. Uh, I know. Oh, when, yeah. <laughs> I I actually played the game a lot in early access. So when the game finally came out, I I just opened it, and I think I got like 20 straight achievements <laughs> just sitting yeah. in the main menu. That was a good feeling, I have to say. Yeah, the ball pit thing was that was part of the original design. Was uh, it came from this idea of like it would be cool to build a game around the idea of like jumping into a ball pit. Um, and that, that goes back further to my experiencing with that. I probably told this story too many times, but it, the slime rancher kind of came from a bug in the elder scrolls oblivion where you could fill uh, towns full of thousands and thousands of melons that were rolling around on the ground and causing NPCs to trip on them and stuff like that. And uh, jumping into the pit of melons and, and everything was always weird and funny and fun. So I thought, yeah, it'd be a cool game. 
mentioning the early access, how was your journey through it? I mean, uh, did it shape much of your uh, game currently? Because I know there's a lot you've done a lot of updates uh, in between the early access and the games of gold when it got released for Games of Gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we we had a very clear vision, I think, as to where we were uh, going with it. So we. Um, we weren't kind of developing it organically or saying like, you know, this next update community, what would you like? Uh, but we have, uh, listened very closely to the community. We, we consume, you know, any, any, uh, YouTube video or stream of note on Slime Rancher, I've probably seen it. Um, we kind of obsess over it and we look for, um, places where players are getting snagged and stuff like that and try and fix those. Um, but a great example, actually, of, of our uh, listening to the community is the um, update that's uh, dropping right now uh, as we're recording on Xbox, and that is the navigation update that adds a dynamic map system to the game, oh, uh, yes. which is something yeah that our players have <laughs> wanted for a while. I was um, yesterday, I got so lost. Yeah, well, you will be lost no more, um, and uh, assuming that that you unlock all of your map and everything. But uh, yeah, it's nice. It's it's nice to like put something out there that everyone wanted, um, and uh, and see how they receive it. But yeah, definitely over those years, like we were, you know, we had our ear very close to the ground, and if something wasn't working, we would kind of massage it into something that did. But we never, fortunately, went through any sort of giant sea change uh, that was necessary because players were just hating a particular feature or system or something. Fortunately, our vision that we had seems to to work for the players. And, um, you know, we're just making fine tuning and stuff like that to accommodate some of the, the, the needs that they have in the live game, like Infinite Gardens that are in this update as well. Um, stuff like that. No. I love slime, and I know Redditors love slime, but can I, and it's clearly that you love slime as well, but has it always been slime, or did this all start as something else? Um, well, it was born of necessity, so um, we, we wanted to make a really different game, and once we were thinking about something like Slime Rancher, I, I guess Slime Rancher kind of came... And popped into my head fairly whole and it was out of those necessities like when it was just the two of us and I was doing the art and the design and Mike was doing all of the coding we could not make a game about um, humans or known animals or anything that was articulated because uh, I'm terrible at animating and there's no way I would have been able to model that convincingly um, so I was really limited in what I was uh, able to do. And so slimes were great because they're these little blobby smiley faces, which means that in terms of how physics calculates them, they're just spheres. So it makes the physics load a little easier that they could just be represented as spheres. Slime Rancher pushes physics really, really hard. And having slimes be spheres makes that a little less painful. But yeah, it was, it was trying to, if we were going to make a physics-y game, Slimes made sense because they always look like correct, you know, like they're, they're these goofy little blobs. So if one is stuck to something, it makes sense because it's a slime. Like as a player, you have much lower expectations as to what they would be doing. Whereas like if you're fighting a guy in Call of Duty and his AI starts breaking down like a, an AI controlled, uh, entity and its AI breaks down in some way, it becomes really obvious, right? Because uh, he's not shooting at you anymore and you're standing right in front of his face or he's running into a wall or, you know, uh, something like that. Like, And it's because he's represented as a person and you have these particular expectations for how persons should behave in a virtual space. But with slimes, you don't. You know, it, it's similar to if the game were, you know, what's it rancher and what's it's were these things that we just sort of made up and they were totally alien. That's a huge advantage uh, that we have as the designer of the game to, to do whatever we want to do. Um, we just have to sell you that they're charming and have just enough human traits that you can relate to them. That's genius, really, because more than once I've like walked around the corner and like, for example, just seen two slimes stacked on top of one another. 
And I'm just going like, <laughs> oh, you little dumbasses. Like, I know, yeah, you, don't know what they're, yeah. you don't know what they're trying to accomplish. They're just yeah, doing like, that. What, but, what are you yeah. guys doing? Eh, you you just sort of roll with it. That's genius. Yeah, it wouldn't even work if those were two cats because you're like, well, cats maybe do that sometimes, but why are they doing it all the time? And, you know, uh, so little alien slimes works a lot better. And I'm just going to say that if the next Call of Duty game has slime in it, I might even pre-order. <laughs> Do you possibly have a favourite slime style? Uh, like, how did you come up with the visual design? Did you just see something in the real world and decide that's what you want it to look like? Or did you go, oh, let's make the cutest thing possible? Uh, they're definitely, you know, JRPG kind of inspired slimes. They're not like the 90s era, uh, you know, Western game version, which would be like Nickelodeon goo and gross and everything. So we definitely did the whole like Dragon Quest style slime where even though they're slimes, they're, um, they're more like gel. And uh, maybe this is getting too specific, but it, it's, it's really a difference between them being like gross and snot like and then being like something you could hug, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yes. And the Dragon Quest slimes always read as that to me. They didn't seem like they were leaving like gross trails as they moved around and stuff. Um, they're more, uh, you know, it's like, it's like going for like the mascot potential versus, uh, you know, something that was supposed to be gross. So, and yeah, then we went for like the cutest possible thing. Um, we made a whole bunch of choices that sort of subtly, uh, make them more endearing to the, to the player. Um, like they, uh, if you vac them, they auto face the camera so that you could see their expression and then it feels like they're reacting to you specifically. Um, and so the world is starting to, as in the player's eye, like kind of revolve around them. And the other thing you do uh, that they do is like they coo and uh, make like kind of sounds of awe at a lot of the things that they see in the world, which gives them a sort of sense of wonder and wonder is like a childlike quality. So, you know, you, you have lower expectations for children. Obviously, we're getting real deep here with the. <laughs> we we totally played our audience and and we're like putty in our hands when it comes they to slimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to know with the farming aspect. Uh, were you inspired by any other particular games in the genre, like I don't know, Animal Crossing or Viva Pinata, or like, is there any of those games that that you have a particular favorite? Oh, so I'm actually not that into farming games, um, and that's why the farming. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> I hate farming that's games. Like, I'm gonna make one. Yeah, well, I'd never made <laughs> a first-person shooter either, or a physics-y game. Uh, like that's sort of what we do. Uh, the, probably the next game that we make will be, you know, none of those things as well. But uh, I'm not crazy about farming games, and I think that's why a lot of the farming in Slime Rancher can be expedited in the way that it can. It's very sort of actiony, so you just vacuum stuff up. You don't need to like till the soil or whatever it is that you would do individually. You just like clone carrots and you know heartbeats and things like that. So we. Try tried to make it sort of as streamlined as we can. We'll actually even be adding additional updates in the future with like drones and stuff that will help automate the farms a little bit more. Um, but uh, overall, I'm not too crazy about farming games. I think I like the idea of them because it's very quaint and it's very atypical of a video game. At least it was until a few years ago. But like having sort of the, this positive relationship with the, the earth and growing something for something else to consume and grow from in turn is like, it's very wholesome. And so I like that games do that. But I certainly played Harvest Moon when I was a kid. Um, I do like lots of parts of Animal Crossing. I really loved Viva Pinata, but I loved it for the same reason that I hope people like Slime Rancher. And that's that like Viva Pinata was really weird and um, charming and the parts of it that felt more like um, resource gathering and stuff like that I wasn't as into. So th I, I think that's why I'm sort of bummed when people compare Slime Rancher to Stardew Valley, like in a formal review, uh, because it's just like you wouldn't say Stardew Valley lacks first person physics based exploration and slime ranching, right? But well, I mean, it does in a way. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of like that we're we're doing our own thing. And so if anything, you know, like the farming stuff, I, I like that it's played down a little bit in favor of chaotic slime ranching. So, yeah. I'm, I'm actually wearing my Viva Piñata shirt right now. So preach, awesome. brother. Um, <laughs> Should you ever take that off? 
I, I, I can wear it for interviews, just in case, because it's always good to reference. Uh, Is that why you keep on bringing up Viva Pinata because you wear a t-shirt of it's it? It's my favorite t-shirt. Um, uh, that, that game the, is so, so great. Like, it did things that other games still haven't done, and there was technology on display in that game that uh, I still wish we could, like, do in Slime Rancher. Um, it was it was a brilliant game. Did you ever hear that like it jeopardized the development of I think it was uh, Halo Three that there was like an internal company mandate at Bungie that everyone had to stop playing Viva Pinata um, because <laughs> ha- uh, Halo Three development was slowing down and it was because everyone was like trading you know their uh, their pinatas and things like that and trying to figure out how systems worked and that so it was like everyone's got to stop playing or we're not going to ship this game on time. That's what I heard anyway. We, we had Rare on the podcast like a couple months ago, and we actually had the art director who was responsible for Viva Piñata. I wish I could have uh, asked him about that at the time. That's a great story. I'm definitely going to have to Google that after this. But yeah, definitely. I'm, I, I'm uh, basically I've got one more. I've got no more questions really on 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 the sheet for for me. The rest is all Ross and Karina. But I'm going to get in real quick with one last question from sure. from my end, and that's why poop. <laughs> Well, it's not. It's ports. I have no idea what oh, you're talking course. about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you have no idea. Then, then yeah, I'm mystified. I don't know what, what, where is this coming from. Okay, maybe it's, it's just me. I guess, I, I guess I'm scared. <laughs> Never mind. I, I must. I, I think I need an appointment with my shrink again. Yeah. So, what would you say is next for your company for Monami Park? Oh, Monami, sorry. Monami. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm uh, already pronouncing it wrong. Mono me, mono my, mono you. Tomato, tomato. Right now, we're totally focused on uh, Slime Rancher development. We're still going to be updating um, Slime Rancher with um, you know these free content updates that we have planned. However, I'm always sort of thinking about what's next because I like to like design games in my head and then like shelf the design when it's to the point that I think we could as a company begin prototyping it. Um, and so I like to just have this like kind of library in my head of games that we could jump onto next if need be. I guess all, all I would say on that end is, you know, Monami Park was, uh, you know, founded. One of our principles was like, we were going to just make some really different stuff. Like I, I see no reason why uh, we would go into independent development if we weren't going to think like independent developers. So um, we really don't want to chase trends or anything like that. And I think whatever we do next should hopefully be just as surprising as Slime Rancher was for a lot of people. And that's something that we want to stick with. And also, you know, stuff that we've never done before. I think there's lots of really cool lessons to learn from Slime Rancher, but we like to challenge ourselves with like new problems to solve. And so we wouldn't want to do the same thing. Uh, exactly the exact same thing over again so you're telling me i should get my like just throw my hopes out for a uh, call of slime <laughs> well no that'd be too similar to call of duty i'm afraid so <laughs> not gonna happen slime of duty <laughs> oh no uh, well look, <laughs> you have had it pretty easy so far if i'm honest nick so it wouldn't be the party chat podcast if we didn't end this interview with the hardest question of sure. them all. And that is, what classic video game character could you, or would you, knock out with one punch? Oh, Bobsy. Oh, that, that, <laughs> that was the quickest answer in history. Just, bam, oh, Bobsy, screw that cat. See, cat. I mean, it's probably Bubsy or Sonic, to be honest with you. <laughs> Is, is that the cat? Is he like the, a bobcat? Yeah, he's a bobcat. Yeah, yeah. He's a bobcat. Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's almost Bubsy is almost like um, when all the like '90s tood characters uh, like moved on, like whatever that slime trail was that was behind them. He kind of formed out of it and was like one <laughs> last hurrah for a game that is not good at all. Uh, so yeah, I don't. Oh, sorry. Has- don't mean to shit on Bubsy the Bobcat. <laughs> no, it's fine. He has a, a punchable face, doesn't he? I'm just, I can yeah, see he it. really does. Yeah, there's a, there's a really great. Uh, so obviously, Bubsy 3D was even worse. Um, oh no! no. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so bad. The name um, of Satan on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. But there's a really great Bubsy. I don't want to call it a fan game, but it's um, it's a, a, a video or a game. Um, 
about Bubsy visiting uh, an art gallery, and I'll just leave it at that because it's totally worth worth playing. Um, that is the definitive Bubsy experience. So for all you Bubsy the Bobcat fans out there, uh, be sure to check that out. Just Google like Bubsy the Bobcat fan game or something. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, I'm, I'm already Googling it right now. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. You've been a great sport and uh, we've had a, a very fantastic interview. We've learned a lot about Bubsy and slime and, and all kinds of crazy stuff. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It was great having, or it was uh, great to be on the podcast. Thanks so much. <laughs> Don't choke right at the end, man. You did so well. <laughs> Thanks, Nick, and, and see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. So thank you, Nick, for taking the time to join us. We've all played Slime Rancher, as we mentioned there, and it is a great games with gold game. And that takes us on to our final topic, actually. I want to discuss this with you. Now, user Asher6465 stated that Slime Rancher has been downloaded by over 2.6 million people on Xbox One. That is an amazing feat. Of course, it wouldn't have hit those numbers if it wasn't on Games with Gold. So I want to ask you a question, and that is, what is your favourite Games with Gold game? Like, like ever? Yeah, so it could be 360, it could be Xbox One. What game would you maybe not have paid money for, but you have found through the Games of Gold program and absolutely loved? Oh, I've got a good one. What's that? Um, Go for it. Well, it's not a good one. It's a game you'd look at and be like, why would you play that? But I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Games with Gold or free. I'm going to say Games Gold. Doritos Crash Course. Ah, I didn't play that. It was brilliant and I got upset. It was like Wipeout, but... It, yeah. it was brilliant. It's and so I don't good know why. And I got addicted to trying to beat my score. Did you did you ever I play it? Did you never play it with a group of friends? Oh, you, you haven't lived. It's four player split screen. That game is competitive as hell. I didn't know it was split screen. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to bring that back. I'm and the bringing sequel that back. Too. Did, did you play the sequel? <laughs> oh no. I don't know there's, there's a sequel. There's a sequel. That's no. better. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to look into it. I think it's backwards <laughs> compatible too. Oh, Right, okay, that's my next probably game that yeah, I'm going to play. <laughs> podcast, boys, I've got shit to do. <laughs> Doritos Crash Club, but no, that was one of, uh, it was brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Oh, for me, so I always have this this problem where when the games with gold come out, I'm always like, oh yeah, I've uh, I've already paid for that. The first one is definitely Max, The Curse of Brotherhood. Uh, fantastic game. Absolutely fantastic. Yep, yep, that's that's definitely good. There's so many good games that have come out that I already paid for. You know, I, I already bought Worms Battlegrounds. I already bought Super Time Force. I already bought iDarb. I already bought Rayman Legends. You never bought iDarb because that wasn't actually released. No, no, you're right. It was released as Game of Gold. Okay, well, we'll tick that one there. Um, <laughs> and, oh, well, see, I already paid for Child of Light. That's a great game. Oh, there's one. Massive Chalice. That is a great game that is surprisingly good and everyone should should have played that at some point. It's 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 quite good. Thief Party Board, Kill Instinct. See this? It's like they conspire to only release games that I've um that I've already paid for. Probably look through your library and go, yep, we'll do that one. Yeah, that, that's exactly what they've done. Hey, here's one. It'll be my final one, actually, and that's the crew. I played the crew. I hated it. Uh, the demo, and I, I, I tossed it in the figurative garbage. But when the game came out on Games with Gold, and it had, you know, like a couple of years of support, and people were saying, give it another try. I thought, okay, I, I will. And you know what? It's it's actually a pretty decent game nowadays. Really? Because it's an Ubisoft driving game, yeah. so that's so not a common... The, the problem is the, the game's physics on the default settings are pure garbage. It drives like there's a pole straight through your engine, connected to the ground, and whenever you turn, you basically swing the back end of the car out around this invisible pole. It feels wrong. But if you go into the settings, and there's a lot of people out there who have tutorials, even on our subreddit, uh, of the correct settings to use when you start tweaking the handling, then the game will actually play, you know, akin to Forza Horizon 3. It sucks that you have to actually set the game up like this, but once you get it set up, it plays really well. Hmm. Yeah. I might have to revisit this. But I mean, of of course, there is you know one game that that's, well, that's, that's uh, well, well, really well, important. Let me answer. Okay, let me answer okay. my favorite <laughs> ever games of gold before you go spouting off your mouth. There is 
possibly the greatest game on Xbox One. Did, I don't think you. Mean, I don't think you mean possibly, Ross. Well, clearly, it is the greatest of all time. The goat of all games known, especially on this subreddit, and that is Evolve. I loved it the moment it was released. It was fantastic. I'm only joking. You trolled it me was. so hard, right? That I, <laughs> I actually blinked in rage. Like, I was just sitting here like, you... <sighs> the Games of Gold game that is so good, they made it Games with Gold for so many months in a row that people stopped counting. It is, of course, Pool Nation FX. Games with Gold for all years. Uh, <laughs> you know... Every single moment on that loading screen was a moment that I treasure Ecstasy. in my life. Do, do you know that I, I loved that, it? That meme that I single-handedly uh, continue to propagate on the subreddit. The, the developers don't like me. I'm the one, if anyone's curious, who writes those Game of the Year awards uh, that we have every year in the subreddit. If you can't tell by the sarcastic sense of humor, and I made Pool Nation FX an option in every single genre. And uh, I also made the the only option to vote for in games with gold, and it won a couple of uh, won a couple of things. Like I think I think it won best uh, best sports game, and like I think it won yeah. best horror game, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And uh, people were tweeting at the developers saying, you know, hey, you've won all this stuff on the subreddit, and they got so pissy, uh, they were so mad. <laughs> but we did it out of love, guys. Don't hate me. I, I don't understand that it's Quill the greatest. I know. I, they don't understand that that it was that it was the greatest. They they I maybe they thought we weren't worthy. Mm. That could be it. No. I'm just really gutted that the Woden's times weren't longer. I believe they even patched them to me shorter, the bastards. Oh Do they not understand that audience? No. Have have you been to the Pool Nation FX subreddit? There's a Pool Nation FX oh, subreddit. Of there is. Oh, I'm Off you go. on it now. I feel quite bad. Why? Because I haven't played it in at least a week. Oh, that we all know that feeling, Ross. But you know, you gotta. Yeah. <laughs> so I suppose <laughs> I suppose that's a good time to end the podcast. So thank you, Reese and Karina, for joining us for another week. We can all keep our fingers crossed. Uncle Jesse will not be too busy next week to join us. Here's hoping. Yeah. But for another week. Xbox, turn off. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, like I, I bloody waffled on just trying to describe the the general <laughs> premise of, of Torment Tides of Numenera. I didn't even go in depth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't even I didn't even start talking about what Numenera are. No. You know what? No. It's in the title. Numenera. Yeah, yeah but how do you pronounce it? Like Numenera. 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 All right, okay. Or is it Numeria? No, it's Numenera. <laughs> No, my, oh no, it's something totally different, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs>